Can I turn this bread into Jesus Christ? That is the message I have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. If you look on your screen, uh, what you will see is a piece of bread. It's a regular bread. I eat it all the time, pretty regularly, and uh, fine-tasting bread. But what's going to happen now is you're about to see a miracle. I'm going to take that bread and change that bread into the body, the blood, the soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ himself. So this won't take long. I'm going to cover it. Uh, I'll put a piece of a paper towel over it just to cover it. Uh, uh, as I go through this process, uh, I'll call this process uh, the consecration. So this won't take long. There you have it. So as you can see, there is the uh, body, the blood, the soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. That, that's Jesus Christ. And if I break a piece of that bread off and give it to you, you will be ingesting the body, the blood, the soul and divinity of the person of Jesus Christ. You say, wait a second. It's a piece of bread. It looks like a piece of bread to me. That don't look like Jesus Christ to me, buddy. Uh, I don't know. I don't believe you. I don't believe you have the power to, to change that piece of bread into the body, the blood, the soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. And my answer to you is you are 100% correct. I don't have the power. And I'm just giving you an illustration here. I'm sure you figured that out by now. So what I'm talking about, folks, is uh, the process of a change of substance. Uh, break that word, transubstantiation. That's the Catholic word into two words, transubstance. So you're changing the substance. And this is the teaching of uh, Roman Catholicism. Uh, this is the teaching of uh, the Eucharist. I'll put uh, images on the screen uh, of, of the, uh, the bread and the wine. And uh, the, during the Mass, they go through what is known as the consecration. Okay? And, they, they, you know, the Eucharist, that's the body and the blood of Christ under the species of bread and wine. And basically, uh, what they teach is that that bread and wine actually become the substances of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So that's transubstantiation, even though the appearances uh, of that bread and wine remain unchanged or unaltered. So that's what goes on during what is known as the sacrifice of the Mass. So when you hear a Catholic say, I'm going to Mass, they're going to the sacrifice of the Mass. Now, a short while ago, I did some teachings on the uh, curses of the Roman Catholic Church that are found in the Council of Trent, still approved today. This is, this is current teaching. This is not old time. This is current official teaching of the Church of Rome. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I felt like I had some unfinished business that I needed to deal with. So that's why I'm doing this video today. I'll put some images up on a screen as you can see what goes on uh, regularly at a Catholic Mass. This goes on every single day of the year. Oh, yes, it does. All over the world, ladies and gentlemen, what you see taking place, a priest raising uh, what is known as a uh, Catholic host. By the way, uh, that word actually means victim. That's what uh, that word means. It's, it's actually derived from the Latin word hostia. 
So that means the victim or sacrifice. So uh, th th basically, th it's the sacrifice they believe that that is uh, the victim is Jesus Christ. So uh, I speak to you today, ladies and gentlemen, as a former Roman Catholic. So um, I obviously do not believe that that host is Jesus Christ. So that's what we'll be dealing with uh, here in this message. Uh, does the priest have the power to change uh, the bread and wine into uh, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ? Absolutely not. So as I said, I touched on the, um, the curses. And I'm going to take a look at them again. Uh, let's look at this um, from Session 13, Canon 1. This is from the Council of Trent. It says, If anyone denies that in the sacrament of the Most Holy Eucharist are contained truly, really, and substantially the body and blood together with the soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ and consequently the whole Christ, but says that he is in it only as in a sign or figure or force, let him be anathema. So that's let you be accursed. So uh, make no bones about it. This is the Church of Rome. This is the official uh, teaching today. This is what they believe takes place at a Roman Catholic Mass, as I said, every day of the year. Absolutely. So um, they make no bones about that teaching. And I, I remind you once again, ladies and gentlemen, that many multitudes were murdered by the Church of Rome who refused to believe that teaching. I'll touch on a couple in a few minutes here. So think about that uh, for a, a while that they believe so strongly that they can put people to death who do not believe what they teach. And that's what took place uh, during uh, the Reformation, you know, as people were taking a stand for the Word of God, they, they studied the Scriptures and, and they, they refused to believe uh, the false teachings of Rome. Let's go to another curse, Session 22, Canon 3. If anyone says that the sacrifice of the Mass is one only of praise and thanksgiving, or that it is a mere commemoration of the sacrifice consummated on the cross, but not a propitiatory one, or that it profits him only who receives and ought not to be offered for the living and the dead, for sins, punishments, satisfactions, and other necessities, let him be anathema. So let him be accursed. So uh, that sacrifice of the Mass, ladies and gentlemen, I showed you the images, I'll put them back on the screen. They believe that this sacrifice is good not only for those who are present, the living, but for the dead people too. So why would you say a mass or offer up the sacrifice of the mass for dead people? Where are they? Well, they believe many uh, are in purgatory, ladies and gentlemen. That's that fictitious place. It's a make-believe place that does not exist. So I want you to think about uh, this for a, a couple of seconds here. The Roman Catholic uh, believes in a place called purgatory. Oh, yes, they do. And they believe that you can offer up masses to, to uh, help them, you know, get them out of that place. Now, think about this. This is not to be found in the Word of God, folks. You know, growing up as a Catholic, this was a tormenting thing that, that uh, I carried. You know, you say, my, oh, my. First of all, you know, your own conscience will convict you of sin. Oh yes, con, science, two words with knowledge. So 
uh, anybody. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So, you know, you, you taught heaven and you taught hell, and in Catholic Church, you taught purgatory. And I used to, you know, this even purgatory was a long shot for me. <laughs> you know, I'm saying maybe people will uh, pray for me and uh, maybe have masses offered up for me. So I want you to think about this now. In the Catholic Church, people will uh, make a donation and get what is known as a mass card. And, and uh, supposedly, you know, you'll, you'll see that all these priests at a certain place, that they're, they're praying for the people in purgatory. So sometimes people will buy uh, mass cards by the case. So they'll always have them at the ready in their home. So if somebody dies, a relative, a friend, and they'll go to that, uh, the wake, and there's a mass card stand. And they'll, they'll go up to the uh, relative and hand them the mass card and say, so sorry. By the way, very well-meaning people. I did it myself many times. You, you get the mass card and you bring it to the, uh, the relative. Could be a husband, a wife, a child or whatever. And you think you're doing the right thing. Here, I'm gonna, here's a mass card. And they'll say, thank you. And you'll see the stand loaded with mass cards from other people, other relatives, friends that did the same thing. Now, think about this. You know, the average offering, I would say, today is at least $5 for a mass card. Now, think about the centuries that the Roman Catholic Church has been around, folks. We're talking literally billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. I believe this is one of the greatest religious scams in the history of mankind. It's a, it's a religious scam, and it continues until this day. And that's why I make videos like this, ladies and gentlemen, to warn uh, people about such things. Now, here's another curse, Session 6, Canon 30. It says, if anyone says that after the reception of the grace of justification, the guilt is so remitted and the debt of eternal punishment so blotted out to every repentant sinner that no debt of temporal punishment remains to be discharged either in this world or in purgatory before the gates of heaven can be opened, let him be anathema. So, so I, I wanted to focus uh, on this a little more, folks. We're talking about the gospel. You know, a, a person gets saved, you're justified by faith. You receive Christ, you receive eternal life, everlasting life. This is what God wants you to know, that you can have everlasting life. Oh, yes, absolutely. Everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. So that's the good news, folks. So here we have the, the Roman Catholic Church, or system, uh, if you want to call it that. They're making a statement that if you dare to say that you... That, that after the reception of the grace of justification, the guilt is so remitted in the debt of eternal punishment, so blotted out to every repentant sinner that no debt of temporal punishment remains to be discharged either in this world, listen, or in purgatory before the gates of heaven can be opened, let them be anathema or curse. So, so here's a false gospel. This is the center of this counterfeit gospel that is preached by the Church of Rome. And this is something that pastors all over the world should be warning people about. 
but it, but it's not happening, folks. That's why, once again, I make these videos. I'm going to warn you because I love you. There is no purgatory, you see? So this is how people are held in the chains of bondage within the Roman Catholic Church. You can go all over the world. You can go any state in the USA, and you will have funeral parlors, and you will see exactly what I am talking about taking place on a daily basis. Mass card after mass card after mass card. Can you imagine this? For a place that does not even exist. Can you believe this stuff? Now, I'm just going to uh, give you a, a, a peek into uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's two uh, gentlemen that were murdered by the Church of Rome for believing what I believe today. And their names were Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley. Now in that book, and, and I encourage you to read it uh, for yourself, in that book uh, is a little section, and this is the charges basically that were uh, brought against these two. So it says, articles jointly and severally ministered to Dr. Ridley and Master Latimer by the Pope's deputy. Number one, we do object to thee, Nicholas Ridley, and to thee, you Latimer, jointly and severally, that thou hast affirmed and openly defended and maintained that the true and natural body of Christ, after the consecration of the priest, is not really present in the sacrament of the altar. Number two, that thou hast publicly affirmed and defended that in the sacrament of the altar remaineth still the substance of bread and wine. Number three, that thou hast openly affirmed and obstinately maintained that in the mass is no propitiatory sacrifice for the quick or living and the dead. So uh, briefly, you, you see what these men were being charged with. So these men, they're being charged with defending and maintaining that the true and natural body of Christ is not in that sacrament. Just what I explained to you earlier. So to say, no, we don't believe that. Absolutely not. He's not there. <laughs> Absolutely not. Next one, number two, you, you, uh, you publicly affirmed and defended that, that in the sacrament of the altar remained still the substance of bread and wine. That's what I believe, you see. But, I mean, think about this. There's the bread, there's the wine, and they said, that's it. There's bread and there's wine. So, so, so the Christian, when, when they would celebrate, you know, they said, Lord, the Lord said, do this in remembrance of me. What the Lord is basically saying is, remember me. And, and they grabbed the grape juice and, and, and the piece of bread, and they're saying, Lord, I remember you. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord. You paid the price for my sins. I praise your name, Lord. I'm justified by your blood. Hallelujah. That's what I do. You see? So, so they're telling you that that bread and wine uh, turned into Jesus Christ. And, and these men were saying, oh, no. Oh, we don't believe that at all. Next one, number three, uh, they, they would charge you openly affirm and obstinately maintain that in the Mass there's no propitiatory sacrifice for, for the quick or living and the dead. So once again, these men said, no, we don't believe that. The propitiatory sacrifice, by the way, they believe that there's an expiatory victim, meaning Christ, and that that is satisfying the justice of God. In other words, uh, God is being appeased by what they are doing in the Roman 
Catholic Mass. Not only that, it says right there, you, you're being charged, guys, for, for, for this. You don't believe that this sacrifice of the Mass is for both the living and the dead, as I explained before, the people in purgatory. So, so people are offering up sacrifices. Do you see this machine, ladies and gentlemen? It's a machine. It's a machine that keeps people in bondage. So they keep coming uh, back, uh, making offerings for mass cards for their relatives. <laughs> it just goes on and on. It goes on decade after decade, century after century, billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. And they, they, they stood their ground, these, these men of God. They, they said, no, we, we don't believe that. And um, ladies and gentlemen, they, they, these men were put to death for believing what they believed and refusing to believe what the Church of Rome taught. That's exactly right. And they were, they were put to death. I have a, a little image up there on the screen. Sometimes I think they refer to these uh, images as woodcuts. You know, they're sketches. Obviously, uh, they did not live in the uh, time where you could take a cell phone picture. Can you imagine what it must have been like for these men? You know, sometimes when, when, when we read about these things that, that took place so many hundreds of years ago, uh, it's almost like they become less real to you. But folks, uh, I ask you to concentrate a, a little and think about it. As you look at that image on the screen, these men were burnt at the stake back to back. They, they stood the ground. Men of God, they, they were uh, just two of many multitudes that stood for the word of God. We have a Bible in our hands as a result of men of God just like that. These, these incredible uh, faithful men that, that, that now they're going to be humiliated. If you look at that image, think of all the people that were around, uh, probably mocking, and, and, and you have the soldiers there and, and so on and so forth. Now they're, they're humiliated in the public square, and they're going to be burnt, folks. They're, they're burnt. What a cruel death. Think about this, that, that um, people are claiming to know Christ. Think about this. But because people do not believe their doctrines that are false, they're demonic, now we're going to kill them. You know, the Bible talks about that, you know, uh, that people will be put to death. They, they, think they, they think they're doing God a service. Can you imagine this, that you think you're serving God and murdering people in such a brutal uh, fashion? So, so you see these men uh, that lay down their lives and what men of God and then listen to this as I get ready to close, folks. The words of uh, Hugh Latimer to his buddy Nicholas uh, Ridley, they're, 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 as I said, they're back-to-back -back on the same wooden stake. And he said to, to his buddy Ridley, he said, Be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. What words of power, what faithful men of God, folks. So if you're a Roman Catholic out there today, the good news is that you don't have to go to purgatory. You can go straight to God. There's no waiting period. You won't be in purgatory for decades or hundreds of years. You don't have to worry about people praying you out of purgatory. You can call upon the Lord for 
yourself. Oh, yes, you can. You can call upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He will save your soul, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. You can be justified before Almighty God through simple faith in him. He knows everything about you. He knows your sins. He knows everything about you, ladies and gentlemen. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God knows you're ungodly, ladies and gentlemen. But here's the, here's the verses I want you to remember. Listen to this. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He knows you're ungodly, folks. He wants to save you. Verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die yet peradventure, or perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Glory to God. I, I use those verses frequently uh, because they're powerful, folks. They ministered to me. As I said, I'm a former Roman Catholic. And I'm hoping today that this will be the day of your deliverance. This will be your day of freedom. That the chains, the bondages would fall off. That that would leave you thinking that you have to uh, have a sacrifice of the mass. Uh, uh, Folks, listen to me. There's no purgatory. As a former Roman Catholic, it's a joy for me to preach this word to you. You can be saved. You can know you're saved. You can know you're right with God. You must be born again. That's what the Bible tells us. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel, not that I say unto you, you must be born again. You need the Holy Ghost, folks. So, you know, you heard the word today, folks. And remember the title of the message, Can I Turn This Bread Into Jesus Christ? Of course not. I can't do it, and neither can a Roman Catholic priest, folks. The power lies in the person of Jesus Christ. He wants you to be saved. He came to this earth to pay the penalty for your sin. He got up from the dead. He ascended into heaven. Glory to God. So that's uh, where I'm leaving it today. And once again, I encourage you to be blessed and have a great day.